0: Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. I wanted to give a quick intro to this sermon before you take a listen. Firstly, to say if you're from New South Wales, this is going to trigger you. Uh, This sermon is all about the NRL and the state of origin and uh, about Queensland winning. So be prepared for that. Secondly, I'm not an expert on rugby league and I made a big mistake. I keep saying field goal throughout this sermon. And what I actually mean is conversion, like the, the conversion kick. So I apologize for using the wrong terminology. I am new to this finally i just wanted to say that i touch on the topic of doubt in this sermon and i'm specifically referring to doubt when asking for wisdom Uh, i believe that doubt is a natural part of everyone's faith journey and everyone goes through stages of doubt god has a lot of grace for this and forgiveness for this and in fact i don't think there's any punishment from god for doubt Uh, Any consequences of doubt uh, are just natural. Uh, So when I talk about doubt in this sermon, I want you to know that I'm only talking about it in the context of when you ask for wisdom. Uh, I believe doubt can be a healthy thing to go through as a Christian. This week I had a very holy experience on Wednesday night going to Acor Stadium, partaking in the state of origin. The problem for me is I was going into enemy territory. Well, I've got one friend in the back there. That's, that's good. Now, I actually grew up in Queensland, Nathan. What's your excuse? Uh, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> i better team. Okay, well, at least they're going to dislike you more than they dislike <laughs> me tonight. Oh, I was in enemy territory, absolutely. I tell you what, how do you go to a state of origin and not believe that somewhere out there, there is a God? I mean, this is phenomenal. Human beings have built stadiums that fit 80,000 people in them. Human beings get this idea to build a stadium that fits 80,000 people so that um, other human beings can run around on a patch of grass chasing after a ball, I know I'm oversimplifying it, I mean, it is very exciting. You know, to tell me, scientist, why that happened? Why have we built stadiums to do this? I mean, it's crazy, and not only that, do people get passionate, do people get energetic? I mean, at one point, all these, all these blue heads were chanting something along the lines of, Queensland or Wally's, except it was a little bit worse than Wally's. The people I was with were chanting it straight in my face. There was an old bloke with his with his grandson, like ten year old, sitting right next to me, and he was just having a great old laugh. He looked over me. He said, "Oh, it's just a bit of fun," which was a good response. I could have been sitting beside some more rowdy people. I mean, at the end of the game when Queensland lost, now we did we did win the war. I would like to say, but we did lose this particular battle, and uh, I just in the back of my head I could hear this one gentleman just screaming how's it feel how's it feel and I was like where is that coming from and I turned and saw this guy now he was angry and he was pointing right at me I thought I'm going to avoid this guy on the way out oh it didn't feel good but I tell you what a holy experience I mean, the energy, the atmosphere, the fact that human beings can do this sort of thing, the fireworks, there's got to be a God out there. Something about it feels very real, feels very, feels, very, feels very human, feels very like made in the image of God, this excitement, this joy, this energy, this passion. It's amazing. I've always judged rugby league because in my hometown I was... As you know I was more into performing arts and the, the, the well the muscly boys that played the played the old rugby well if they didn't get along with us performing arts boys in fact I would consider them bullies <laughs> and I just thought well that's a game for I don't know I should be careful what I say for bullies let's just put it that way so I never really understood the game much, but now that I have a vested interest in learning more about it, it seems that it is quite an interesting game. It seems that like, these, some of these people on the field are making incredible decisions in a very split amount of time. They've, they must be very, very smart. The ball goes to, I've been learning the positions, the ball goes under the leg to number nine, the hooker, and he has to make a decision. Am I going to pass it to the halfback? Am I going to pass it to the 5'8? Where am I going to go? Or am I just going to run straight forward and trick them all in a split second? I'm thinking, geez, these guys are pretty smart. They're going to make these split decisions. Something about it, something about it makes them seem very, very wise. Tonight I am reading the same passage as Travis, but I'm going to touch on a few different areas of that. But I am reading again from... James, I love the book of James uh, because it feels very raw and it feels very down to earth to me. It feels very much like the book of Proverbs. It almost feels like to me that James is like this guy who's written this book that sort of like is very proverby, very wisdom literature, but it also touches on stuff in the Old Testament, touches on stuff that Jesus said and sums it all up. Travis did a phenomenal sermon sort of talking about the origins of the book of James, talking about how perhaps this was written by Jesus' brother. It must be noted that a lot of theologians will say words like, in tradition it says it was written by Jesus' brother, because we don't really know. In some sense, we don't know who a lot of the New Testament books were actually written by, but the Holy Spirit certainly makes me feel like this is the Word of God, even though people like Martin Luther, the great reformer, said that this book should not even be included in the Bible. But this is a good book. It feels raw in our every day, in our footy stadiums, in our schools, in our workplaces. God should be real. He's real. It's not just for these four, four walls. It must feel real, and this book makes it very real to me. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So count it all joy, New South Welshman, when you lose the Origin series. (laughs) For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. You'll be back next year, don't worry. Give it another crack, lads. It'll be good. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And so tonight, I want to talk about what is wisdom? What is this thing that we should be asking for. Uh, One of the wisest people I think I've seen in rugby league is Jonathan Thurston. Great guy. I was watching interviews of him talking about how he kicks his field goals, it was particularly about how he missed a field goal for a grand final in what, 2015 or something, I don't know, he hit the post and the interviewer said have you ever thought back about why you missed it and then he explained exactly why he missed this particular field goal it was like you know very important he could have they did end up going on to win but he could have won it with this kick and he hit the post and he didn't win the game with that kick and then he was talking about how he missed it and he said well he's preparing his ball and so he's putting his ball down and he's putting it on the tee and he puts it on the tee and then he was telling the interviewer oh, I know that when I'm around this side on the sideline when I got to kick it from there I know I got to be between 20. 20 and 30 metres back, and I could feel the wind on my back, and so I know the wind meant that I had to put it at about 21 metres. So this guy's, like, thinking when he's preparing the ball. It's like, OK, the wind's on my back. I need to change the way I kick. If, I, if the wind's on my back, I need to put it this distance. And if there's no wind, I need to put it this distance. I mean, this is some wisdom right here. And he says that the referee came over to him and said, oh, it was actually, the try was actually over that way. I need you to move the ball a metre to your, to your right. And so he picks up the ball and moves it to a metre to his right without thinking. But he tells the interviewer, he said, but I forgot because I was in the moment that the further I go to the right, the further I need to bring the ball back. And if I bring the ball back a little bit, if I go further to the right, then it's all going to be good. But he wasn't thinking he was in the moment. The referee touches him on the shoulder, he just moves it over a metre. And he misses by hitting the post. As if to say, if I remembered that I need to move the ball back an extra metre when I go to my right... It would have not hit the post. Pretty phenomenal. All this stuff is going through their heads when they prepare a kick. Very wise. Very wise. Why do I call this wise? I call this wise because in the Greek, this word wisdom, sophia, uh, comes from sophos, which means skilled in handcrafts and clever. Particularly when we say Sophia, it's like skill or cleverness in carpentry, music, or other crafts. And this is the first definition. When the Greeks are using this word Sophia, they're talking about like carpenters. They're talking about people who have trades like music or poetry, who have done this trade so often that they gain wisdom. If I needed wisdom on how to build a house... I could go to Google and I could print plans. And I could cut wood to the, you know, I could, I could try follow all the plans. But my dad was in the Navy for 20 years and he was a stoker, which means he did all the trades, which means he was a carpenter and a boilermaker and he sort of got a certificate and all those things to be like a shipwright. And uh, my dad is very wise. He knows it's not just about the plans and knowing the measurements. A carpenter with wisdom might say something like, Um, measure twice, cut once. My dad would have said that to me a million times growing up, measure twice, cut once. How do you learn a piece of wisdom like that? Well, (laughs) you do carpentry for a long time and cut the wood wrong a few too many times. And as you gain this wisdom and experience and this skill over years of doing your craft, you become Sophia, you become wise, you you gain wisdom. And then it takes this idea and puts it into everyday life, skill related to everyday life, sound judgment. So it takes this idea of like carpentry, learning a skill, learning a trade, learning how to kick a field goal and it says what does it mean in your everyday life? So how can you have wisdom in everyday life? Well who would be wise? In Proverbs it says people with a crown of grey hair are wise. Why? Because they've lived a lot of life so we can gain wisdom, us young people, from people with grey hair. It's hard to tell these days with all the hair dye going around. So you sort of just have to guess. I think you'd have grey hair. <laughs> wisdom comes from life experience. Wisdom comes from life experience. We can live our lives in the same way that Jonathan Thurston kicks a field goal. We can adjust and, oh, okay, when the wind's on my back, I have to make this sort of decision. When I'm out this far, I need to come this far back. This is how we should live our lives. And this is why we need to ask for wisdom. So so fear wisdom is gained through experience. So the question would be, how does God give us wisdom? Well, it says in the scripture here, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. How can you gain wisdom from God? You can ask him. Perhaps God giving wisdom equals God giving experience. Perhaps when we ask God for wisdom... He'll give us (laughs) opportunities to practice life. What else did I learn from watching the origin? What else did I learn? But let him ask in faith with no doubting. You can't doubt. This is something I learned about origin. Looking at Facebook posts. Now to be fair, most of the people I follow on Facebook are from my hometown in Queensland. And so they'll say things like, New South Wales just don't get origin. Now I've offended some of you, but I know it's true. (laughs) New South Wales just don't get it. You're all full of doubts you want to kick out your coach, you want to kick out your captain, oh, you're all so full of doubts. But Queensland, we don't doubt. Daily Cherry Evans, mmm, game two, he doesn't doubt. No, he chases down Critter. (laughs) Critter's got a clear line. He's is running. He's meant to be really fast, isn't he? Fastest guy in the NRL. <laughs> not against Daly Cherry-Evans when he's got not gonna doubt in his mind. And is running, and he's running, and he's in game two. It looks like he's gonna store. But does Daly Cherry-Evans doubt? No. Daly Cherry-Evans doesn't use. Be quiet over there, Dave. Daly Cherry-Evans. He doesn't doubt, and he starts running. He's sprinting. He's spri- he could have slowed down. He said, "No, it's too far." He could have said, "No, my legs are hurting." But does he doubt? No, because Queenslanders get origin. We, we understand what it means to win. And he chases him down. Oh, and he threw him to the ground. You can't doubt. You can't doubt. When I'm going through life and I'm relying on God... Do I wanna be the kind of person that's chasing, chasing after that wisdom, chasing after that wisdom, chasing after that wisdom, chasing after that experience, trying to figure out the answers to life, seeking a multitude of counselors, going to the word, praying unceasingly. Do I wanna be that kind of person or do I wanna be the kind of person like a New South Welshman whose legs get tired, who give up, who don't, who don't run, What kind of person do I want to be? I don't want to doubt. I want to charge for it. I want the wisdom. I want the gold. How am I going to get it? I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek the word. I'm going to go to counselors. Why? Because I'm chasing the gold. I don't have any doubts that God can give me the gold if I seek after it. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God. And he doesn't care. He's not judging you. He's not judging you based on who you are, what you've done. It says no, no. He will give it to you if you have faith and don't doubt. So I want to be like Dally Cherry Evans and chase it down. I want to get it. I want to get it. What else did I learn from the NRL? For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Now, not to uh, dogpile on New South Wales, but in game two, boy, did it look like some of them were fish out of water. Mm. Tell you what, Damien Cook, great hooker, I believe, for the rabbit host, <laughs> put it under his foot, the guy you know, rolls it under, he picks it up, and he's a great hooker. He knows where to go. He's very wise. He's been doing it his whole life. He probably practiced that. He, he just knows. It's, it's, it's his role. He's good at it. He could do it like the back of his hand. He doesn't doubt. When he gets that ball, he's going to throw it somewhere. He's not doubting. But in game two, they, they chucked this poor bloke somewhere where he just looked like a fish out of water. Now, a lot of people congratulating him, good job, good job playing in a position you don't usually play in. But I watched the game and I thought, man, that guy just doesn't look like he knows what he's doing in that different position. Because when you're thrown into a position you don't understand and when you doubt and when you don't know you have the skill, when you don't have the faith, when you don't know you have the experience, when you don't know how you have the wisdom, you can feel like a fish out of the water. You can feel, uh, what did it say? like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And you lost that game. Now your coach came in and made some changes and they were good changes. But when you throw people (laughs) and make them doubt, they can be a little bit like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. There's a lot of things I am pretty good at. There's a lot of things I know that I, I have the skill for. Public speaking is one of them. I can talk to crowds like this endlessly, like uh, I look like an extrovert when I'm up here. Oh, look at Lewis, he must be charismatic, he must be very good at talking to people, he can speak to crowds. And I, I, in some sense, I've gained this skill over many years, not just in church world, but public speaking, doing public speaking competitions, doing speech and drama competitions. And this is a skill that I have. I have some wisdom in this area, how to talk to a crowd, how to keep a crowd engaged. I remember when we installed these and, and sometimes because of that skill I need to understand that other, other people sometimes don't understand that, we, we installed these uh, up back here we have these bright spotlights and if you're ever up the front here and you look at the back you'll realise how bright these spotlights are. Sometimes I can't even see your faces, I just see your silhouettes because the spotlights are so bright. When we installed these, so many people were saying, and I needed to wrap my head around this oh, it's so hard when I can't see the congregation to know how to engage with them. And I didn't understand it because I can honestly say, after years and years and years of working on stages with very bright lights, I can read someone's silhouette, I can read someone's head nod, I can read someone's posture just when it's a black outline I can hear the room I know when I'm saying something that's interesting because I can hear a pin drop I can look out and I can see when certain youth are on their phones and I'm like I've lost them I better tell another joke do you understand this is wisdom after years and years and years and years and years of doing this but I remember one time being a fish out of water and doubting, I started going to coast shelter with the Hope You See and Narara team. And for some reason, I felt very fish out of water in that environment. I'm an introvert, so I don't like talking to new people at the best of times. And as we're cooking this food for the homeless people of the Central Coast, and it's our job to go out and talk to them and engage them on their day, I would be sitting there thinking, what, why would these people want to talk to me? It's like... If I go out into the, into the, into the, the tables where everyone's eating, they're, they're going to they're think, why is this guy coming up and talking to me? They're going to want me to go away. I felt so, like, uncomfortable. I can do this easily. When it comes to going to coach shelter, sitting with the homeless of Gosford, I felt so uncomfortable. And I was so inspired watching uh, Caleb Bryant, who's on the sound desk tonight. He was a gun at it. He was, he was going around at the table saying hello to this person, hello to that person, sitting down with this person, having a conversation. Not to throw your name under the, under the bus there, Caleb, but you were very good. I, and I used to think, how is he doing that? In the same way some of you might think, how is Lewis up here doing a public speech in front of this crowd? You know, we all have our positions, we all have our ways to doubt. I want to ask God for wisdom in every area of my life, so that I never have to feel like a fish out of water. So when it came to Coast Shelter, when it came to digging for the gold, when it came to asking God, hey God, can you help me in this environment? It looked a few different ways. It was praying, God, you need to help me. Because I was like paralyzed. I get paralyzed when I get anxiety. And so I'm in Coast Shelter and I'm like, let me do the dishes. Just let me do the dishes. Put the dishes gloves on, I'll do the dishes. I'm happy to do the dishes. Don't send me out there with the people because I'm too nervous, I'm paralyzed, so I'll do the dishes came with asking God, God, can you, can you spread me? Can you teach me something new? God, can you give me experience even though I don't have it? And slowly but surely God worked on me and I was able to walk out and start having conversations. And every time I did, I was so, in, I was so shocked. I was like, oh, well, these people do want to talk to me. Do you know what I mean? It also came with talking to people like Caleb. Like, I was asking Caleb, Caleb, how do you do this? And it came with experience, doing it more and more, and having no doubt that God was with me. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything for the Lord, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. This is, these next couple of slides are a bit hard for me, because uh, I'm about to show you a photo of a couple of grubs. Unstable, double-minded men who should not suppose they'd receive anything from the Lord. <laughs> it's a bit harsh, actually. I take it back. <laughs> mm. Grub. <laughs> Josh Car. throwing punches. Unstable in all his ways straight to the sin bin, straight to the, look at him smiling. You ever seen a grub like that? Jeez, look at that grub. Look at that, look at him hurting poor (laughs) Reese. He's a pretty boy, he makes his money with his face, you shouldn't touch him. Oh, what a grub, what a grub, double-minded. What a grub. What a grub. (laughs) So glad he got kicked out for game three. Then you won. What a grub. What a grub. Mm. I know Panthers are good, but tell you what, they're my least favourite team because of this guy. How dare he stand over the Queensland captain like this. That's offensive to me. Mm. What a grub. I suppose I better not be too double standard-ish. I guess he's a bit of a grub too, <laughs> swearing at the ref. When you're not in the right mindset, you know, you've got some players that seem to fly off the handle and you've got some players that seem to be able to keep it together. And I wonder if there's some part of us that needs to be able to keep it together when we are seeking God for wisdom We can't doubt and fly off the handle and worry. We need to trust God. Because there is a field goal. There is a field goal. And uh, I don't know anything about football, truthfully. I'd love to learn more. I watched some Nathan Cleary videos. He said when he's setting up for a field goal, he puts his index finger on the pump hole, he flips the ball upside down, he taps it on the ground three times, tap, 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 and he puts it on the tee. Don't know why he does it, he just said that's what some older, wiser player told him. And he's done it every time he sets up for a field goal. So I could listen to a guy like him and I could put my finger on the pump, I could spin it round. I could tap the ground three times, I could put it on the tee and I could aim it at the black part in the middle or the mark in the middle to sort of know what I'm trying to do but I went out to a football field recently they're very big <laughs> and I when I went to the sideline to see how far that kick would be I thought there ain't no way <laughs> that's impossible <laughs> I, I had much more respect for my old bullies of high school <laughs> I tell you what I don't know how they can possibly even kick that far. It would seem impossible to me. I just don't have the experience. I just don't have the know-how. I just, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. We have field goals in life. There's some things I don't have the experience in. There's some things I don't know how to do. I don't know what it is for you. I wrote a list of some of our field goals. I I need wisdom in so many of these areas. I need wisdom in school, university. We we need wisdom in school, university, friendships, finances, business, social life, mission, relationships, health, ministry, work, family. There's situations in ministry I've never been in, but somehow I'm meant to have wisdom without the experience of being through them. There's some situations with my friendship groups I've never been in, but I'm somehow meant to have wisdom to navigate through them. There's some areas of my finances I've never had to experience I've never experienced or done They're goals I want to kick, but it's like I've never done it before. I don't have that experience or wisdom. And I said before that perhaps. Asking God for wisdom and getting wisdom from God equals God giving us experience to learn how to be wise. But what if there is something supernatural? What if we can ask God for wisdom and what if the God of the universe can give you the answer to your questions and help you make decisions as if you have the skill and experience already. Does that make sense what I'm saying? What if it was possible that the thing you're facing, the field goal that is out of reach, what if God can give you the wisdom and the skill To kick that field goal, even if you've never kicked one before in your life. That would have to be supernatural. But God says he can give you that wisdom. If you ask and you have faith and you don't doubt. And if you doubt you'll be tossed like you'll be you'll be tossed left and right you'll be stuffing up your friendships stuffing up your ministry stuffing up your family stuffing up your mission stuffing up your social life stuffing up your schools but, but what if you just ha- what if you just have to have faith that God could help you in those areas I believe he can because I believe God's real and if God's real then he must be able to do that for you he must Just go back and read that again. If any of you lacks wisdom, skill, if any of you lacks skill, if any of you lacks experience, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. But that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If you need wisdom, you can read it in books like James. You can learn from the forefathers of faith who have gone before us in that good book. If you need wisdom, you can ask Christians who have gone through things before you. Or you can ask God and not doubt. God... There are some goals I want to kick. And I could ask all the people in the world, but some of them have never been through what I've been through. And I could read this good book and it's gonna help me along the way. But the truth is, all this although this good book will speak into every area of your life, it's not gonna have the answer to every single question. You know, if you're asking God about which bank to choose, well, ING and Westpac and whatever didn't exist in the times of the Bible, you know what I mean? It's not going to give you answers like that. Relationships didn't necessarily work the way they worked in the Bible. I mean, getting a wife or getting a husband in the Bible meant like, trading it, for like a, trading it with the dad for like a cow or something. You know, it's not going to give you, it's going to help you a lot of areas. So maybe what we need to do is ask God. God, I need you. I don't think I can kick that far. But I have faith that if I put this ball down on the tee and I don't doubt and I ask you to give me the wisdom and experience, then I can place that ball on that tee. Wish I had the tee here. And I can do all the things the Bible says. I can do what people have told me. I can take four steps back. Three, not enough space. Two to the side. I don't know why they do that. The math doesn't work for me, but apparently it does. And I can run. God, I need you. God, I'm not going to do it, don't (laughs) worry. God, I need you. Caleb, get ready to catch. God, I need you. And I can have a crack at that field goal. And if I don't doubt, I believe the supernatural God I believe in can take over. What is your field goal? I've got things in my head that I have no experience in, that I'm trying to kick goals? What is it for you? And do you believe that you can ask the God of the universe to help you? Because if if he's real, of course you can. If he's real, of course you can. In fact, if he's real, it would be stupid not to. Heads up, he's real. I believe in him. You should see the goals I've kicked with no experience just from tilting my head up. So, if everyone would like to close their eyes for one second. I would like to give you, as the band comes up, just a minute silence to consider what is your field goal right now? What is the area of your life that you don't have experience in that you need to ask God to help you? Because I believe there's a God out there who can give you that wisdom even if you haven't had the lived experiences, even if you haven't done it before. That's what I believe. Take a second and just think of that one area of your life and then we're going to pray that God would give us wisdom and we're not going to doubt. God we bring before you the areas of our lives that we need help. We bring before you our impossible field goals. We bring before you our relationships, our finances, our ministry, our our vocations, our studies, all the impossible things. God, we believe in faith. And we choose not to doubt that you can speak to us supernatural wisdom. Perhaps from your word, perhaps from the wise people around us, but mostly, God, straight from you. God, would you give us wisdom to kick those goals? In Jesus' mighty name, amen.